Welcome back to Daring Parenting. I'm Lisa Henderson, your host, and we're continuing our conversation with Kate Jackson, who's the founder of Jabula Dog Academy, www.jabulajabulaDogs.com. Now, in addition to that, Kate's a certified off-leash obedience trainer, an aggression specialist, Uh, She consults on national television shows, and in addition to being a trainer herself, she also trains the trainers. And Kate, recently someone was talking about learned helplessness in rats, that experiment, where basically the rat just gets discouraged and gives up. Have you seen this with dogs? Learned helplessness can be as simple as an owner's timing being wrong and a dog not understanding what's required and giving up in a learning session. The dog giving up. The dog giving up. Because they don't feel like they're being heard and therefore there's no point in putting forth the effort. And then you can see it in far more extreme cases where a dog learns to alter its own behavior because they don't have an option of being, or they don't feel they have an option of being able to voice what it is they would through that behavior. So an example, a lot of dog trainers subscribe to socializing a dog that is antisocial with other dogs. A lot of people feel that a dog needs to be socialized with other dogs to learn different behaviors and to learn different concepts. I believe that some dogs are just not social with other dogs and shouldn't be forced to become or shouldn't be forced to socialize and interact with other dogs. So learned helplessness would be an example of forcing a dog into an environment with other dogs and not having the ability to act on the aggression. It does not mean that the dog is now social with other dogs. It means that the dog has learned that they cannot act on the behavior and give up essentially. So it appears that the dog's being compliant. Yes. But deep down it's given up. I I think I've seen this too with children that are very intellectual and they're forced to participate in sports. And they detest every minute of it and they'll either quit because they say, I'm not good at this, they don't try, or they comply but deep down that's not really who they are. They haven't, you haven't changed who they are. They have just given up trying to have an opinion. And I know learned helplessness in you know, animal experiments has been tied into depression. This, oh, this, fascinating. Isn't it? Because it's really that giving up. Yes. That resignation, I'm helpless to change this pattern. Yes. So, if a dog is overcorrected or you expect something of the dog that they can't do? Absolutely. Going back to the, the socializing an antisocial dog, socializing it with other dogs, there's a lot of shelters, a lot of trainers will put a, a dog in a large group of other dogs to socialize them and it's along the guise of play groups or pack mentality and essentially what you're doing is you're 
putting a dog that doesn't want to or yeah doesn't want to be in that situation but you're also putting them in that place where if they did act on what was instinctive to them they would be essentially signing a death wish so if the dog's instinct is to be aggressive to other dogs they're forced into that situation they act aggressive they know the trouble they will get in will not be worth it. Will not be worth it. Or you introduce that dog into the group with a muzzle on. Oh, so they can't So that they cannot act out. The dog is now helpless. It has absolutely no escape. It has no way out. The dog cannot act on what's instinctive to them. The dog completely and utterly gives up. So on the outside looking in, the dog is compliant. The dog is being socialized. The dog is learning how to interact with other dogs. None of that is true. The dog has given up. This is a great lesson, I think, for us as parents to also realize that just because the child appears to be compliant does not mean they're happy. Absolutely. Which brings me to one of the rules I have in my house is you do not have to hug anyone you do not want to hug. And that is a social norm that, you know, particularly with families that a lot of people will insist on. It's, it's grandpa, you need to give grandpa a hug hello, or it's auntie so-and-so, you need to give her a hug hello. I do not force my children to hug or kiss anybody, regardless of how important that family member is. It's how, what you feel is comfortable for you in that moment. That's awesome. I, my daughter does that with her son, and he's a very shy little boy. So if he gives you a hug, it is a big deal. But in the family I grew up in, it was like, you have to hug them. Yes. And if he hugs you a little too close, that's just uncle so-and-so. Exactly. And it was, and then it turns out as we all grew up, half the girls in the family had been fondled by uncle so-and-so. <laughs> No, I've said it multiple times that some dogs are just not dog dogs. And some dogs are just people dogs. Mm -hmm. Some are dog dogs. And there's this overarching sort of thing in society that dogs should all go to the dog park and play and have a good time and interact and socialize with other dogs. And in a lot of cases, you're, you're forcing, going to daycare is another one. In so many daycare environments, I'll see you know, on the webcams, dogs that are hanging out by themselves or, you know, avoiding all interaction, just because they're there and not picking a fight doesn't mean they're happy. All right. One of our parents has got a very basic dog question for you. What is the age that a child is ready for a dog? I would say a, a great age is between around six or seven. At that point, they can be responsible for far more of what is involved in owning a dog. They can be responsible for feeding the dog and brushing the dog. They're at an age where they can follow instruction really well. I find in teaching private lessons and also group classes when families come, typically when the children are around five, six, seven years old, they want to be more involved in the training and they're at the age where they can follow an instruction given by me in a class environment and they can actually participate really well in giving the instruction and and hands-on training the dogs under that they're a little bit 
like my kids at the moment, <laughs> they feed the dog, but often the ball will get dropped along the way or, you know, things, things like that. But I would say if you're looking to get a dog for your child, you know, around six, seven is a great age to, to introduce a dog. And we also have to be realistic about what the child can actually do. Yeah, age-appropriate tasks to help. Yeah, you're not responsible for picking up when the the dog is not feeling good or is limping on on one of their feet, but you can absolutely be responsible for taking him out to go to the bathroom or letting him out regularly and feeding him and brushing him and putting him in his crate and taking him out of his crate, absolutely. Kate, as always, you're one of my favorite guests. I love having you here today. I hope you're going to come back and talk to us in the future about more about dogs, about kids, about life. would love to come back. This has been great. Our many thanks to Kate Jackson, who's been our guest today. She's the founder of Jabula Dog Academy, jabuladogs.com, if you'd like to know more. We welcome any questions you may have for Kate or any of our other guests. Just write to Lisa at daringparenting.com. If you'd like to hear some of our other podcasts, you can go to iTunes Store, Google Play, or you can go to our website, daringparenting.com. Until next time, I hope you'll be a daring parent.